you for having us. Of course, of course. Before we begin, Anna, I want to ask, what is the difference between pronouncing Anna, Anna, and pronouncing Anna? Is there a spelling difference in those two names? No. <laughs> so it's just a preference thing? Or? No. Um, so I was actually named after an Anna. So my name is spelled as Anna, A-N-N-A. Yeah. Um, and my mom hates the way the name Anna sounds. So her... And my father, for perhaps the first and only time in their lives, decided to compromise and <laughs> name me Anna. Okay. They have it spelled Anna, so. I see. How would it be spelled if it was supposed to be pronounced Anna? Single N. So it would just be A-N-A. I see. Typically. Typically. I mean, I've met other Annas who are also a-N-N-A. Okay, just curious. I wanted to get that out of the way early here. Um, that's good. Usually that's a question that lingers unasked. <laughs> I just thought, in all honesty, before you guys got here, I was like saying something about you guys coming down, and I think I said Anna, and Katie's like, no, 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 it's Anna. Don't say it wrong. And then I was like, why? What's the difference? So that's good to know. Okay, well, welcome. Uh, typically, the premise of the shakedown is that we sit and drink milkshakes and record, but since it's 10.41 in the morning on a Saturday right now, I'm of the opinion it's never too early for milkshakes, but I didn't want to force that on you guys, so we're having a cup of coffee right now, and we just had ricotta donuts, so I think like somewhere in the middle of those two, it's kind of like a milkshake. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you. So you guys are down from Boston. How was the ride yesterday? It was pretty smooth. No problems. Did you get hit by? There's a big snow, so we're experiencing some really weird weather. For anyone listening now or in the future, it's March right now, and it's been like 70 degrees one day, and then snowing the next. Did you get hit in this freak snow? Yeah, we did. So it was, it was. I think it was 70 degrees either last week or the week before. Yes. But we did get snow yesterday as well. We, there was some snow coming down, but it wasn't anything significant. Yeah. Nothing crazy. Our dad actually, in his uh, typical paranoia reached out to my sister and I independently yeah. to warn us about the drive down to Philadelphia, you know, in case I forgot, right. she's going to remember. So uh, he's, he, of course, exaggerated with the six-inch nonsense, but uh, we woke up to a little dusting in Boston, and uh, we didn't really encounter much no. snowfall at all. Okay. In Western Mass, there was a sprinkling. Yeah. That's good, because out here, you can't see it anymore, but I mean, we have plenty of snow on the lawns, but it all melted before the day was over, so. Nothing too scary. All right. So somehow before we started recording, we got on the topic of this New York Times article from uh, about two years ago now called The 36 Questions That Lead to Love, which put forth a uh, theory that if you are on a first date with somebody and you ask them, I think you alternate who asks who. I'm honestly not 100% sure. I'm not going to read the whole article right now. Uh, these 36 questions and then stare deeply into each other's eyes for four straight minutes after. It sounds a little unsettling for a first date. You are guaranteed to fall in love. 
And because we were chatting about this and about to record, we thought for some reason it'd be a good idea to ask you guys these questions. I don't know what the end uh, result's going to be. Maybe, you know, Vince and I will fall in love. <laughs> we can only hope. So you guys ready? We're ready, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask away, and you can either both answer, one answer, whoever feels like answering, or we can skip a question. But let's begin. Question number one. Given the choice of anyone in the world, who would you want as a dinner guest? Huh. So I, uh, I assume that this would uh, be dead or alive. I'm, I'm going to say we can answer that way, sure. Okay. Um, I think I would go with my uh, deceased paternal grandfather, the original Vincent Edward Domestico. The first. For whom I am named. Whoa. Did uh, you meet in life? No. I was actually, uh, I've done the math and it is likely I was, uh, I was conceived shortly after his departure okay. from this world. Okay. So nine months later, I appeared on the scene, mm -hmm. and uh, I was named for him. He lived an interesting life. World War II veteran, came home, and he was big in the uh, uh, United Auto Workers Union in Massachusetts, was infamous for having punched out a GM executive in a labor <laughs> negotiation. And uh, yeah, he was, a, he was a man among men, yes. so I've been told. Yes. Yeah, we were talking about this the other day, and he was overseas in China uh, during World War II, right? Yeah. Um, so he experienced some unique circumstances. He actually, the plane that he was on at one point crashed, and in order to save the pilot, he needed to cut off part of his leg with a Bowie knife. So he comes back from China after fighting in a war and goes to G a GM factory where he's literally fighting and punching out yeah. uh, what was it, an executive? Yeah. I mean, this <laughs> For probably basic rights, like, can I go to the bathroom during my shift? Yeah. <laughs> and it was a major factory, actually, at the time in Framingham. Yeah. They had thousands of employees. It was a, it was a big employer. And, uh, I mean, this is now two generations removed, so we hear a lot of these stories from our father and from our aunts and uncles. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the type of rights that were being fought for at the time include, like, you know, bathroom breaks, sure. safety measures. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, I would absolutely like to have dinner. That would be an interesting with, dinner, I'm with sure. With my paternal <laughs> grandfather, yeah. You hear some of the stories firsthand. Right. Anna, what are you, who would you like to have dinner with? Well, I think Vince just blew me out of the water. Because I yeah, kind no matter of, what you say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to overstep grandpa and go to <laughs> my favorite author. <laughs> well, actually, yes. So it would probably be Margaret Atwood. Ooh. I've seen her interviewed in person. Mm -hmm. I've also watched several YouTube interviews with her, and she's just the wittiest and snarkiest person in real life. Right. She just runs circles around her interviewers. They'll ask her questions like, what did you mean by X, Y, and Z in such and such a book? And she'll just lecture them on how it's up to the reader to determine what she meant. <laughs> well, then, if you're going to have dinner, don't go in with any questions exactly. about your favorite books because that's all you're going to hear. No, exactly. Or you might want to come prepare with these 36 questions. Yeah. Oh, that's that a be, good point. Yeah. She'd be like, well, interpret how you will who I'd like to have dinner with. <laughs> <laughs> actually, it's kind of uh, it's interesting you bring up Margaret Atwood because uh, I was actually fond of her book, Alias Grace. Okay. Uh, so you and I both read that book at a similar point in our lives. Yeah, right? Miss Flatley's AP English. Yeah, class. senior year yeah. in high school, and uh, I remain of the opinion that the murderer or murderess was Grace, 
and I know that you feel differently. Spoilers, if anybody's halfway through. If anyone's halfway through, through that, right it doesn't, I mean, <laughs> we can leave that be then, but uh, there, there's some debate on who the true killer is. Okay, because it's open to interpretation in yeah. classic yeah. Atwood style. I, I disagree with Vince there in that I think every time you read the book, you can pin the murder on someone. It's like every time I've read it, it's Grace every time. He's convinced. <laughs> Let's move on to question two. Less controversial, maybe not. Would you like to be famous? And if so, in what way? Hmm. hmm. I'm hoping to become podcast famous, uh, actually, on the shakedown. In, in, you know, as soon as this goes up. Might be uh, you know sought after by some much bigger and better podcast. Maybe Mark Maron will contact you. And the Nerdist might reach out. Well, know. bigger certainly not better. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. It's some good sucking up. Yeah, this is a good philosophical <laughs> question, though. Would you like to be famous? There yeah. are positives and negatives. A lot of people's sure. lives are ruined by fame. Britney Spears, for example. Uh-huh. Right? Britney alone, as we all remember, from 2008. <laughs> yeah. Good yeah. Point. Good point. So, what are your thoughts, uh, personally? Yeah, I mean, I was uh, I was half joking when I said about the podcast, I, but uh, yeah, I think that uh, to be recognized and to be famous for something good or some major right. contribution to humanity, mm-hmm. uh, starting a company that people admire, or doing something charitable, mm-hmm. um, or writing a book, uh, you know, something like this. I don't want to be famous for being like you know the biggest. Who uh, you know cursed at a kid on YouTube? Like a Kardashian uh, kind of fame, yeah. right? No, so like Steve Jobs kind of fame. And of course, in today's world, you can't really control. You can to an extent, but you can't. Number one, you can't control if you become famous. Period. But then you can't really control how. There's cameras everywhere. Yeah. People blog. Yeah. You know, maybe you know you have the worst day of your life, and somebody records it, and now you're just you know. Yeah. That's why I would have to say no, because I think that the narratives that spin out about you after you become famous, you just don't even know what they're going to dig up right. or what might remain after you're no longer on this world or what types of stories that may or may, or may not necessarily be true would remain. So mm-hmm. would I like to be known for charitable work or that sort of thing? Yes, but versus fame. Versus fame. Yeah. Okay. Before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse? <laughs> what you're going to say and if so why or if not why this is an interesting question for Vincent and I because we're both in sales oh yeah so yeah. the answer to this is pretty much ubiquitously for me yes for work calls yeah but okay. I'd, I don't like making personal calls now mm-hmm. that I call so much at work so I'd say always and for obvious reasons mm-hmm. This is an interesting question. I, I give a lot of thought to this because of the nature of my work. And uh, I always say to myself, what is the theme of this call? And uh, there's, a, there's a book that came out either this year or late last year called Presuasion by Dr. Robert Cialdini. I think he's either at University of Arizona or Arizona State. A lot of people are familiar with his previous book, Influence, from the 1980s. And in Presuasion, he talks about a lot of ways that you can set the stage for how people will interpret what it is that you're going to say. And so a lot of the time, if I'm, if I'm going to make a call to somebody and I think that it's going to be, um, you know, maybe conflict resolution or something unsettling, uh, I might start with something like, uh, you know, hey, Tyler, it's kind of funny why I'm reaching out to you. And, uh, you know, you completely change the dynamic so people can look at it in a different way. So uh, I would encourage uh, everybody makes phone calls for their own reasons. I'd encourage you to uh, 
you know, give some thought to how you're framing it. Certainly, I have, uh, you know, acclimated myself to that. Sure. And that yeah. sounds like a little bit more of an extemporaneous rehearsal. You know, you get in the frame of mind and then work from there a little bit. Yeah. Okay. What would constitute a perfect day for you? It's a big, heavy question. I would have to say... <laughs> Waking up early, picking my sister up at the train station, <laughs> break up the ride to Philly with a, the rest stop in New Jersey, check out the Philadelphia Museum of Art, come to uh, our good friend's house, get some Pico's pizza, reminisce about uh, our time partying at Ursinus College, and uh, <laughs> go to bed early reading the Iliad. I'd have to say that's that's a perfect day for me. Well, I really hope you get to have a day like that sometime. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> preposterous. Sounds very specific. We're just having the podcast police come and make sure that. Uh, Link, if you need help. <laughs> down here, uh, you know. Just reminding you that these are house guests, not podcast guests. I like that you, it's one and the same. I like that you wear your owl dress for the. Uh, Is it too avian? No, it's great. Oh, I love it. So, Anna, what would your perfect day constitute? Well, nothing as specific as his. Um, I think a perfect day would more or less just be. It would all be dependent on the weather, first and foremost. Mm. Nice, like, 65, 70 degrees day. Also waking up early, crushing a gym workout, and just, like, chilling. <laughs> I thought you were going to say crushing a 1040. Yeah, crushing a 1040. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about tax codes. <laughs> Said, well, you guys both had a pretty perfect day yesterday. We talked a lot about tax codes, and we had peaks. Oh yeah, I know. I I also, and this is these are the questions you're supposed to be asking someone like on a first date. Yeah, I just joined. It. Number seven is not okay. So Ms. Shane <laughs> I was looking forward to number seven. Uh, now, she just uh, entered the podcasting studio in uh, beautiful, very chilly Landstown, Pennsylvania, in the Shape Down Studios. Uh, but yeah, what we're reading through is this list. You, you'll, you'll catch up. Yeah, yeah, it's first day question. Let's try number five. When did you last sing to yourself? Uh, there was a, a break in conversation on our ride down to Philly, <laughs> and uh, I started singing to myself in the car. I don't and, think uh, there was really a break in conversation. <laughs> you just I just started singing to myself in the car, and. Uh, that actually answers part two of this question. Yeah. When did you last sing to someone else? That's right. So then I directed the, the lyrics towards uh, towards my little Could sister. Could I ask what song this was? Um, what was I saying? Bruce, saying Bruce Springsteen's yeah. Shut Out the Light. Ooh, okay. Good song, good. Yeah. Somewhat depressing, but... I was singing a song at the museum. What was it? What song were you singing at the museum? Sorry, museum of Art. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They were playing a little like late '90s, 2000s pop. Yeah, um, it was some sort of pop song. Okay. Uh huh. And, and I think it was about California, but no, it was I made about, it about no. We were we were actually singing. Uh, <laughs> we, we we did change uh, the Tupac Tupac song. Um, we were like Pennsylvania. Yeah. Knows how to park. Yeah. Yeah. We were doing that. That's what we were saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Uh, if you were able to live to the age of 90 and retain either the mind or body of a 
30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life, which would you want? Mind your body. This is such a no-brainer. When I saw this question, I'm astounded that anyone could ever say they would retain the mind of a 30-year-old. Certainly, you know, I would want the, the maturation and, you know, continue learning, continue developing, but have the body of the 30-year-old. Yeah. Who I, would say different? I think this is a catch-22 question because from personal experience, which hasn't been all of the 90-year-olds in the world, but anyone I know who's approaching that age, they say that their mind more or less stays the same, mm -hmm. that they still think the same as they did when they were younger. So I might have to agree with Vince here because I feel like you'd, like in that case, if your mind is really more or less the same, you just want the body. Fair. I find it funny, Vince, that you called that question a no-brainer. Just wanted to <laughs> <laughs> gloss over that. Number seven, okay, and this is the one that we were saying, yeah, a little weird. So imagine you're on a first date with somebody. You've asked these first six questions. Pretty good questions, I think, so well. far. Yeah. And then you get to question seven. <laughs> Do you have a secret hunch about how you <laughs> Unless your answer is on this date now at the hands of the person who's asking you this. You know, it's kind of a weird question. This is like when you fake a coughing fit over the bathroom. <laughs> to get out. Like, this is what I said, too. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is the moment at which you go to the bathroom, pretend there's an emergency, and just run and grab your coat. And yeah. you're like, I'm... Ignoring that you're on a first date here, because we're obviously not, do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? I think I actually have a more refined perspective on this working in the life insurance industry. <laughs> I have a lot of pie charts that tell me <laughs> what are the ways that I'm actually going to die in all probability. And uh, <laughs> What's number one? Oh, asphyxiation, probably. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was very serious and very quick. <laughs> there was a lot of uh, I'm not, I think most people die of heart failure, right? You know, um, or heart heart disease, heart failure. So it's freaky. But uh, do you, so you're saying you think you're just like most people. You don't think you're going to have an exceptional uh, cause of death. Uh, well, I know that the odds are always there. the The annual odds that you'll die of any accident are a little less than one in two thousand in any given year. Whether it's, it's car accidents, just high. <laughs> falling off of your porch, electrocuting yourself in the shower, you whatever it might be. We just bought a house and there's a porch. We've never had a porch before. But it's important. Well, I don't know if it's important. I like to keep this in mind so that I, you know, recognize when you walk out your front door every day, there's risk. You know, sure. you could die of anything. So live while we're alive, I guess. Yeah. Good way. Yeah. Let me ask this. I'll try to ask this more positively. It's, I have a kind of funny question to ask oh. you. Do you have a secret hunch about how you're going to die? <laughs> yeah. Please don't leave. Yeah. Unlike my brother, <laughs> I, I do not work in an industry that has been <laughs> renamed life insurance, although it's really death insurance. Um, so I actually don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bring that up. That might be a better marketing name. What do you think? Can you imagine? No, no, they switch the marketing name. They switch it yeah. every few decades, actually, yeah. because there's a, uh, <laughs> people have kind of an instinctive aversion to the topic. So yes, every, every generation, they kind of rename what they call the product. But yeah. Yeah. So they make it more positive. Like That's right. right. Life That's insurance. Right. Yeah. Um, but no, I've never really thought about how I would die. I've always hoped it would be quietly. 
nothing. Yeah, no flames. Like a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's not like some terrible tragedy or. It doesn't include like a falling beehive. Yeah, flames. that's <laughs> falling <laughs> flaming beehive. <laughs> um, now this one is interesting because I, I think I know how this is supposed to be interpreted, but I could be wrong. It says, "Name three things you and your partner." appear to have in common, but you shouldn't be on a first date with somebody who has a pre-existing partner. So I think they're referring to you the person your, you're on the date your with. Your conversational partner. Okay. So here this would refer to and us, potential life my, myself and my sister? I guess. Well, but I'm asking the question, so maybe it refers to you and I. We're wearing or, and I. Yeah. Okay. So let's go that way. Let's yeah, do let's that. Not, let's not go the incest route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's incestuous to, you know, list the things I have in common with my sister, but... No. So what are some three things you think that we have in common? Uh, we both got some facial hair going. We we're do. both wearing uh, spectacles. Okay. They're, and they're very uh, we're both wearing blue jeans. That's good. Go. Very, very superficial answers. Interesting. We'll read into that deep, more deeply as we get through the questions. Uh, I guess you can answer for you and Katie here. Oh, three Let's things Katie and I have in common. Oh, this isn't even fair. <laughs> <laughs> a shared traumatic roommate. Yeah. Well, I, that was actually going to be... Let's exclude the superficial, of course. No, no, I think that's a very important moment slash eight months in Katie and I's relationship. Yeah. We, we shared an unnamed roommate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this person had no name? That's really interesting. Who, who may or may not have owned a pet dolphin. <laughs> There was a dolphin involved. There's dolphin. I thought it was an inflatable dolphin. No, no. Was involved, kind of no. Really. It's very cryptic. But go on. So you had a, a roommate, okay. a tripled roommate experience. So yeah. you have that in common. That's True. like a war story. Yeah, we both have experienced some sort of, I don't know, like we've bonded over ghost stories, various yeah. types of experiences mm-hmm. we've had there. Yeah. So we have that in common. I could say we both went to her sinus, but like that's just not fair. I think yeah. number one kind of precludes that. <laughs> <laughs> first that is true. Oh, that yeah. is true. Um, and I think that we're both like very bookish and love yeah. to read. Mm-hmm. Both yeah. Margaret Atwood fans. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very fair. All right, number nine. For what in your life do you feel the most grateful? Obviously, other than the uh, answer of being on this podcast, because that's shot up to number one on both your lists in the last few minutes. Uh, without a doubt, it would be my immediate family. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. That's so cute. <laughs> and how about for you? <laughs> As he makes aggressive. <laughs> he really shouldn't go before me here. <laughs> Completely ruins my dinner across. <laughs> <laughs> grateful for um i would just say the capability i've had to live in different places and to experience them and meet people who live in those places so getting as far away from your immediate family as you can live i'm just repeating what i heard <laughs> number 10 if you could change anything about the, ra- the way you were raised <laughs> what would it be anna you may answer first if I could change anything about the way I was raised, what would it be? <laughs> uh, um, I don't know what I would change. Aww. 
I don't know if it's perfect. Your sibling relationships were perfect. No, none of it was perfect (laughs) by any means. But I mean, it all shaped who I am now. So if I changed anything about that, that might fundamentally alter who I am as a person. The only thing I would say is I wish that my brother had played with me more because I remember your other brother, this one, no, 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 no. because he used to play the number of hours I devoted. No, to my little sister. I would, time sheet. Prove this. <laughs> I like some of my strongest memories from being really small was when he would go in his bedroom and he would close the door and I would sit on the stairs outside oh, and what cry. The fuck? I didn't know that was happening. Yes, you did because then I went downstairs and Dad was there and I told him that you wouldn't play with me and he came up and told you that you needed to play with me. <laughs> you know, I think that the reason that these incidents stand out in your memory is because I was playing with you so much. That, you that was the baseline. And then it stuck out at you. It's kind of like the kid who remembers the day he missed the bus. Yeah, okay? I don't know how true that is. That's, I'm sticking with that, that version of this. <laughs> so, what would I change about my childhood? Would you play with your sister more? Is that what you would change? Uh, what I would probably change is the way my sister remembers. <laughs> Be a little more accurate. <laughs> Try to get her to encode a little more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the end of question set one. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained one quality Ooh. or ability, what would it be? Um, I definitely know. I would have to say the ability to universally persuade other people Mm. because other people contain all of the varied skills that you might want Uh and uh if you can get them on your side yeah that power can be used for evil but if you were using it for good it would be a that's right that's right great power comes great responsibility yeah this makes mine seem so silly I would just love to be able to teleport from one place to the next. <laughs> what, probably. to avoid a long car ride with your brother? <laughs> no, no together probably. <laughs> because my commute is so long right. every day that I would just much prefer it if I could just like snap my fingers and be home, be able to make dinner or whatever. And, and Vince, imagine how special that car ride would be knowing that your sister chose to <laughs> time, and she could have just zapped right yeah. down here. You're right. So, Anna and Katie have to uh, get loaded into a bridal shower. So, we're going to stop at the end of question set one. I believe there are, are there three? No, there's three. There's three, because right? they're each 12 questions. Um, and they should be getting. Right? Dessert at this date. <laughs> <laughs> they get pretty uh, uh, long at the end there. I'm looking at sets two and three. So, we're going to stop here. Okay? And we are going to evaluate how uh, how in love we've fallen. Mm. 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 Might have gone down a bit, actually. Oh, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. We learned a lot this week. Uh, we learned that uh, what's something we learned, Kate? We learned that <laughs> uh, you should really alternate answering these questions. That's a good one. We did learn you should alternate answering questions. Um, we learned that maybe don't questions... ask people about death on the yeah, first date. Don't ask about their secret theory. <laughs> yeah. About how um, they uh, I'm Tyler Mertens. Vincent Domestica. And Anna Domestica. Oh, Katie Mertens is here too. That's a shakedown for this week.